Hi, this is Crystal Dwyer Hansen, author of Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny, and you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringel. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringel here, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock your growth potential. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished guests who want to share their knowledge and experiences so you can be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating towards more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive in. Joining me today is Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Crystal works as a transformational life coach, wellness and nutrition expert, and human potential speaker. She runs Skinny Life, a wellness company, and has written a book on the topic called Skinny Life, The Secrets to Being Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit. She and her life and business partner, Mark Victor Hansen, who appeared on My Quest for the Best in episode 282, live in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Crystal is here to talk about her book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you, Bill. So happy to be here with you. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Tell me, when you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? Gosh, I would say both my mother and father, but my mother just had a really profound impact on my life. She raised nine kids. I'm one of nine children. And she was amazingly organized and just had this desire for excellence in everything she did. She ran, she ran her household like a well-oiled business. Give me an example. Well, she was health and wellness were super important to my mother. And even though, you know, she had access to plenty of money, my father was a very successful attorney. Mom insisted on growing these gigantic organic gardens in which we would all, she required us to work because she wanted us to understand where food comes from and how naturally sourced foods are so such a better option for your body. She was doing juice cleanses with us before they were chic. So I grew up with this awareness of how important it is to care for your body and how that starts at such a fundamental level. And it's interesting, Bill, because out of those nine kids, I don't remember any of us ever taking antibiotics. I mean, you'd get a cold and mom would bring out the raw honey and fresh lemon juice. And so I got to experience this reality that, you know, all of these remedies in nature are so effective. And I've been, I've used that throughout my life and, I, and in my wellness coaching as well. What is um, an aspect of her example and her, the way that she lived her life and ran the household that left a lasting impression on you and helped you form a particular value or part of your life outlook? I think it was just that principle of excellence, wanting excellence in every area of our lives and and showing that having an excellent life, excellent health is, you know, excellence in everything is worth working for. And that, you know, excellence is really, from my mother, I really learned that excellence is fed by perseverance and persistent activity. And that's what she was like. I mean, she, she never stopped. She always had a new project. She organized our family with, you know, the nine kids. You know, there was, there was a lot of order to that. The, the older kids were in charge of very specific things, you know, helping care for the younger kids. We all had very defined duties. And within that environment, it was really interesting because when I look back, we also learned to form alliances within the family. Oh, really? You know, to accomplish the things. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a really 
it was a really unique way to grow up. And I think it creates a really great socialization for children. Because what you realize is in a family that's a large family, that the family depends on each person. So you grow up with this awareness that you are very valuable to the family functioning, the family organization, the family structure. And I really believe, Bill, that's what builds true self-esteem, you know, not giving, you know, you see a lot of this, there's a lot of talk about participation trophies these days with kids and how that really hasn't worked out so well because it creates a lot of entitlement for kids that they really haven't developed themselves, you know. Right, through skills and contribution and tangible ways of making a difference. They just get it. Yeah, they just get it because people say so and they don't have to earn it or develop anything from within themselves. Is that what you're getting at? That's exactly right. So as you were growing up, Crystal, do you remember a time when that lesson of excellence from your mother helped you make a certain decision or take an action that was just easier because you grew up as her daughter? Well, yeah, I think um, one of the most memorable times was I was, uh, I found high school, I was one of those kids that found high school to be very easy. So I accelerated my curriculum and graduated at age 16 and married my boyfriend who was five years older and found myself two and a half years later. And I realized that was not a good, not a great life plan, but two and a half years later, uh, found myself in a new city, baby on my hip, no idea how I was going to support myself and no family or friends nearby. So I went to, do the only thing I could think of was to get food stamps. And that day that I was exchanging my food stamps for my groceries, I had this huge epiphany and this big question dropped in my head. First question was, how did I get here? Followed by a second question, am I doing everything I can to get out of this situation or am I taking the easy way out? And I knew in that instant that I was taking the easy way out. So I when I turned those food stamps over to that cashier, I did it with such conviction. I said, this will not be my future. I went home and I started asking more questions because I didn't have the answers, but I had a lot of questions. I started asking, you know, what can I do next? How can I start making money tomorrow? And how can I start start supporting myself? And I think, you know, being able to, first of all, ask myself those tough questions and then on and answer them honestly was came from that, you know, the upbringing that I had that required a lot of excellence. I will tell you that a year and a half later from that time, I was working at the top real estate company in my city, the top home builder. I became the number one realtor and I was also collecting residuals. I had gotten a modeling agency to sign me and some of my commercials went national. So I had joined Screen Actors Guild and was receiving residuals every month. So it was such a profound transformation. And I often look back at that time and thought how thankful I am that I had the ability to ask myself those tough questions, to answer them honestly, and then to take action, take the the proper course of action. And, you know, those principles followed me the rest of my life. Listening to you tell that story, Crystal, I think to myself, you really had to have a lot of courage to ask those questions at, what, 19, 20 years old. Right. And to say, look, in order to say, how did I get here? You're acknowledging this isn't where you want to be. And you're also implicitly saying, I'm responsible for where I am. So you really took responsibility by asking those questions, then following through. 
Exactly. And I think that those were the principles that I learned from my family that were so important from my mother and from my father. I know in a different way, my father expected excellence and, you know, he really believed in education, but also self-education. You know, he, we had a huge library that they stocked full of books. And I remember going through and reading series of books two and three times because, you know, back then, of course, we didn't have computers and, you know, pads and, that sort of thing. So I found great entertainment in books and discovering the world that way. So I'm really thankful for that heritage my, my parents gave me. And it's true, even though we grow up in an environment that has people stressing excellence and good values, that we have to learn our own way. And we have to learn by making our own mistakes. What is it from your perspective, not only as someone who's transformed herself, but you work to help transform other people's lives? What do you think is one of the main messages people need to hear to understand it is all up to us? We probably have the resources inside us to create the life that we truly desire. Why are we settling for less than that? That's right. In my, in my transformational coaching practice, I will tell you that most people have this perception that life is happening outside of them somewhere, you know, out there and it's kind of coming at them and and they're, we're ducking and dodging and they're trying to keep all the balls up in the air. When the reality is, Bill, that your life experience is created from the inside out. And when you understand that, you realize everything can be changed. Anything that's not working in your life, whether it's your relationships aren't working, your health and wellness is poor, you're not satisfied with the outcome, your career just isn't taking off or you've had failure after failure. All of those things can be changed. And it usually comes from taking that reflective journey and that we talk about in our book, Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Well, a lot of what you write about, you and Mark Victor Hansen write about in that book are experiences you've had. Can you share with me an experience that you've had working with a business owner who needed to make a change in the way that he or she was running their business, they were dissatisfied with it, and needed to take a different approach. Yes, one of the stories I really love was someone we work with named Preston, who was running a small energy company, solar, battery powered and wind, that type of thing. And uh, they wanted to expand the company. They weren't have, having really great results in accessing larger clients. So we coached them to ask around and try to reach a connection that would allow them access to a higher level of decision makers first. And he was able to do that. And it was really exciting. He found a woman who was associated with an attorney that he knew and in that way was able to get this meeting with this huge mining company, which would have, you know, been represented a huge amount of business for the future. So, you know, it all starts with asking those questions and asking people, asking for the connections. I mean, none of us start off being connected, but we we need to start asking to make that first connection, the next connection, the next connection. So they made this incredible connection. Let me jump in for a moment. Crystal, what, what fascinates me is, is I think a lot of people listening are going to say, wow, how did he find out that he knew someone who knew someone who could help make an introduction? Did he review people in his Rolodex? Did he look through his emails? Did he look at his LinkedIn? What was the first step that you recall that Preston had made in order to make this connection? He started going to networking groups 
that were in the industry and started asking everyone. I mean, it again, it all starts with approaching people and asking about them. You know, it's really about getting to know people. The research we did for the book shows that in whether it's in business relationships, Bill, or in personal relationships, the more questions you ask, the more likely you will be perceived as someone who someone wants to do business with, the more likable you are. And, and there are several studies that show that. And it's really interesting because going into the study, most people think the opposite. Most people think, oh my gosh, you know, if I ask too many questions, I'm going to be perceived as being too pushy, too uninformed, too stupid. Or if you, you ask for something, help, a favor, that I'm going to be considered to be obnoxious and annoying. The, the research shows all of those things to not be true. And in fact, just the opposite, you're 80% more likely to get your request granted if you just ask, and you will be perceived as being a much more likable person if you're willing to ask those questions about people and get to know them. And we talk, we go deeper in the book about even asking the probing questions, because once you ask someone a question, a lot of times people listen to, you know, they ask someone a question and immediately you're not thinking about what the person is, how the person is responding. You're thinking about the next question you want to ask or what you want to say about yourself. And that's the opposite of what we need to do. We need to ask and then we need to listen carefully. And from that information we gathered from listening carefully, we need to ask a more, a deeper, more probing question. And these are the principles that we taught to Preston and his small company. So before, right from this point, Crystal, how did that turn out for Preston when he was armed and prepared and kind of gathered this different approach what happened? So they get this meeting and it literally is the highest level meeting. They're meeting with the top three decision makers of this gigantic international company. Unbelievable for this small firm. So the next thing we coach them on was do not go in there and talk about yourself because most of us are very narcissistic and we tend to get very narcissistic and self-conscious when we're in a situation where we have to present something. And so we want our tendency, and this is in any kind of sales, I don't care if it's network marketing, it's across the board with any business. You go in and you go, okay, I'm going to get my pitch. I'm going to think about all the things we're great at. I think about all the things I want to sell this person. I'm going to memorize all the qualities of my services and my product, and I'm going to convince them how good I am. And I'm going to tell them what they need to buy. And our advice was, our coaching advice was, don't do any of that. Yes, give them a brief and concise overview of your abilities and capabilities, and then move immediately into the questioning process. Start asking the questions. And when Preston, Preston reported back to you how that meeting went, what did he share? Well, okay, so you know some of those questions are, you, you know, you want to find out about the company. You need to understand where they are in their journey as a company and where they are at that point in time, because every company changes, right? There's so many changes that happen, big companies and small. So starting with questions like, what are your biggest pain points right now? You know, what are the three most pressing issues that you would like to have resolved in the next three months? What is the interaction between departments? Is there a good flow of information or is there some resistance in cooperation? Some of those things people never think to ask, and that can make or break the sale because you can sell somebody at one level of a big company 
and then you're never going to be able to reach another department or another area that might have that final say in and cut the deal off. So the amazing thing about this is they the meeting went so well. When they went into the meeting, they were told that they had a half hour hard stop, right? So when they got into this questioning process, he said the people relaxed and started opening up in ways that they could hardly believe. He said they started disclosing information saying, you know, we really don't talk about this, but this is what's going on. And, you know, in, in, in this department of the, of the company, there is a little friction between, you know, so they learned so much about the company. The meeting went an hour and 10 minutes and they said to them, we really hate to, to stop this meeting, but we, we have another meeting that we're already late for. Could we set up another meeting? So here's the, here's the fun thing that happened. They left there and went to have lunch with a consultant who worked, had worked with a Fortune 500 company who provided energy services. And Preston was sharing how well this, you know, what they had just done, just met with this huge mining company. The meeting went so well. This is what happened. We've got another meeting set up, scheduled. And he said, this consultant said, wait a second. I just participated in, he said, you mean you met with these people? Who did you meet with? It had to be like, was it a lower level of management? He said, no, it it was these three people. And he's like, you gotta be kidding me. You got in there? And uh, he was shocked. And then he said, yeah, not only we got in there, we're, we're going back for a second meeting. He said, I just participated, this consultant who was very good friends with this uh, Fortune 500 company, three people from the Fortune 500 company had broken off, started their own consulting firm in energy, had met with the same group, the same high level group from the mining company. And he said, the meeting went terrible. They weren't interested in anything we had to say. And they don't want a second meeting. What a contrast. Isn't that amazing? And that, like I said, Bill, these skills and techniques can be used across the board in any business for just greater levels of success. Crystal, you shared a really rich example there. Let me just call out a couple of points that I heard that I thought were pretty interesting. Is that when Preston went in, he was prepared and asked questions that weren't directly about him selling his product or service. He was asking, you know, what are your pain points? He was asking about how are relationships between the departments and the information flow. These are things that showed a genuine interest in the other company. He also made sure that he was respectful of them. He came prepared with a presentation to give a concise overview. And preparation makes such a big difference. And then third, he was open to the next step. He left the meeting with the next step of, you know, where do we go from here? And they said, let's set up another meeting. So those are three really quick insights into a a remarkable meeting. I'm sure it led to a big change in Preston's company's future. Absolutely. And they continued to have increasing success with, I mean, a a lot of companies and a lot of major um, projects they took on. But like I said, it works for everyone. And here's the interesting thing. I read a Reader's Digest article, I think when I was 18 years old or 20, and it was just a short little article about how people do business with not necessarily, you know, the most qualified, when people, the most qualified firm or the most qualified person, they do business, they make a decision to do business with the people they like the most. And the studies show, again, 
that the more you ask about someone, the more you probe, the more concerned you are with, in, with finding out where they are as a company, where they're at, where they want to go, the more likable you will be, be to them. That's terrific. Say, Crystal, are you ready for the My Quest for the Best lightning round? Oh, sure. All right. So at the beginning of the interview, I asked you about a person who you found inspiring growing up. What was a song you found inspiring in your teenage years? I loved Olivia Newton-John. You know, I think those romantic years, I honestly love you. <laughs> I, really, I thought that I love that song, yeah. I love it because I watched Grease growing up too. <laughs> right. And actually, Olivia is a great friend of ours. So ironically, we became friends later and uh, she's a wonderful woman. She's going through a, a struggle right now. She's fighting stage four cancer, but, you know, she's in our prayers every day. Oh, gosh. Same here. Wish her well. So, Crystal, think about your mission to get this book in, and this knowledge and these questions into the hands of as many people as possible to help transform their lives. And what's the most effective way you get the word out about this each week? You know, the most, most effective way, Bill, is just podcasting, being on these podcasts. And it's amazing. I'm just astounded at the number of fantastic podcasts that are out there and people who are really committed to bringing great messages to the world. So we are podcasting all week long. You know, when our book launched in the middle of a pandemic, literally April 28th was our book launch date. We had a meeting with our publisher and, you know, Mark and I and the publisher had to decide because a lot of books were getting pushed back to the fall. And, we, you know, do we go forward? All the bookstores are closed. So our book's not going to be sold in bookstores in, for, you know, anytime soon when it launched anyway. And then what happened was the bookstore start, stopped paying their bills. So we really had to make that decision. Do we move forward? And all of us felt very strongly that this message needed to get out now, regardless of what happened and that we were in this for the long haul. This is the long tail. We are going to continue to bring this to the world. We had events that got canceled that were, you know, 2,000 people, 10,000 people, all canceled immediately, almost overnight. So that was a challenge. But I think the silver lining is that we discovered that people have set up these incredible networks called, you know, through podcasting. And it's been really delightful to reach people that way. We're getting amazing letters every day saying, this message changed my life. Listening to you, you know, changed my day. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start over, you know. So it's extremely rewarding. And we're so happy that, that we have access to people through these amazing podcasts. Well, it's the energy you bring through that really lifts people's spirits. And then they're open to the knowledge and techniques that you have to share. Well, thank you. And, you know, gosh, I know I, I, I really miss being present with people, but yes. <laughs> because there's something so magical about being in a room with people and just sharing that fun energy. But truly, this is the next best thing. And this is the way we have of connecting right now. So it's important for all of us to do this. Crystal, another question in the lightning round. What's the best $100 purchase or so you've made in the last six months? You know, I think because of all this, <laughs> all of this podcasting we're doing is um, all the lighting equipment and the tripods and everything. I've probably spent hundreds, but I just got this really cool, you know, tripod that does all this different stuff with little portable lights and things like that. So, yeah, so studio at, in your studio at your desk. Truly, we've created a studio. So that would definitely be my best $100 purchase for sure. 
right, how about personally? What would you say is something just something fun or interesting or useful that you discovered doesn't cost a lot? What's something that stands out in your mind? You know, we just purchased some wonderful wine. We did a, a virtual wine taste with our friends. Oh. And it was really fun because the wines were selected. One of our, our friends, who's a, who's a big podcaster, he, he has a, a group of good friends. One of them owns, it's a, a, husband, a couple, owns a vineyard in Napa. And um, it's, he did this virtual wine taste. And it was so lovely. We had such a lovely time. I didn't know that it could be done, a virtual wine taste. But we all brought out the cheese. And, and um, it, was, it was a truly lovely evening. That's so neat. So, Crystal, let's go back to the topic of the book. Asking is such a critical skill from your observation, from your research, from working with people all over the country, all over the world. Why is it that we have such a hard time asking for what we want and then pursuing our dreams, building that bridge from our dreams to our destiny? Right, Bill. Well, as children, we're all born with this incredible ability to ask. We want to know who, what, when, where, why. And we also are very comfortable asking for more, 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 right? And then, you know, through parenting, schools, jobs, just basic life rejection, that ability gets crushed out of us. And you know, we start to get sort of this sense of unworthiness or shame about asking. We start to feel like we should know. And if we don't know, shame on us. We should already know the answers, right? Or we develop this fear that we're of rejection, basically. And we talk about that in the book. We call it the seven roadblocks to asking. And it is so important, we feel, for people to really read through these roadblocks and get in touch with the ones that really hold you back because we found that everybody has at least one of these roadblocks, if not more. Now, I remember reading through those roadblocks and thinking how they really helped explore a lot of different aspects of asking and were tied very much to our own self-esteem. When you That's came right. up with those roadblocks, what was the one roadblock that stood out and said, wow, that's one I've got to look out for for myself? I think for myself, the one that I, I really focus on, I don't think, I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of all of them, but the naivete. And I tell the story in the book about, I had a Filipina woman who worked for me when my children were very young because they, they were born 16 months apart. So we needed a little help with everything we had going on. And um, she would make these wonderful dishes from her homeland. And one day she shows up with this fruit and cuts it up on a plate and says, Crystal, taste this. And it's this shiny orange fruit. and I tasted and I said, oh my gosh, Melda, this is the best fruit I've ever tasted. What is it? And she said, it's a mango. And I said, a mango? How come I've never tasted a mango before? You know, I've traveled throughout Europe. I've been a lot of places. I considered myself to be quite worldly. And I thought, how in the world did I miss mangoes? So, but it made me think, you know what, what else have I missed? What else am I walking by every day just because I'm naive? that it's there. I'm, na I'm naive about the existence of it. Who, what people am I passing by every day that could perhaps be the best client, the best business partner, the best, a wonderful friend, or what other opportunities am I passing by because of my own lack of curiosity or my own naivete? And so I really try to make this commitment to myself to be more curious about everyone and everything. And 
get over my own naivete because when you do that, you open up, open yourself up to the richness of the world that you could be missing. Crystal, I want to thank you so much for sharing your perspectives and ideas around Ask, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. You've shared so many great ideas, starting with your mother who raised nine children and your father who influenced you with all of the success and the principles and the hard work and both of their commitments to pursuing and living with excellence made such a difference. I want to thank you for sharing with us the story of when you were in line with looking to hand over food stamps for the first time and asking yourself saying, listen, how did I get here? And am I doing all I can or am I taking the easy way out? That was a pivotal moment in your life. You focus in your life's work on transformation. And you reminded us that life isn't happening out there. It's not something we can just drift and, and dodge as it comes at us. It's really a game of playing from the inside out. Because when you realize that we do create life from the inside out, everything is possible. Any aspect of our lives can change. We talked about Preston and his energy company and how the using the art of asking really transformed his business in being able to reach and connect with and form a really strong, trusting bond with the leaders of this larger mining company. And in so many ways, asking makes such a difference. And you shared with us about how when we're children, we ask so many more questions and we're not shy or hesitant about asking for more and asking who we want and just keep asking until we get what we want. And the benefit and the rewards of learning to strip away and unpack and heal from some of those socialization messages that caused many adults now to not ask, or as you pointed out, to tap into the power of curiosity. Because it's not just mangoes, it could be people. It could be amazing opportunities and experience that come our way as a result of having the self-esteem and the smarts and the courage to ask for more. So Crystal Hansen, thank you so much for joining me for my quest for the best. Thank you, Bill. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. I've, I've enjoyed every second of it. Crystal, before we say goodbye for now, where can we find out more about you and your work online? crystalvisionlife.com is my website. I've got a nice free gift there. It's uh, called Purge Messy Thinking. It's a guided visualization audio. So please take advantage of that. A lot of people are doing a lot of messy thinking now. So hopefully that's helpful. And then of course, the book you can find on amazon.com, uh, Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. And then please do join our book club, askthebookclub.com after you've purchased the book because we'd like to invite you to a book, book club discussion. We want to keep this discussion of asking going. And our goal is to help people everywhere become master askers. Crystal Hansen, co-author of Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. I want to thank you once more for joining me on my quest for the best. Thank you, Bill. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on my quest for the best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. Please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. 
You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on My Quest for the Best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.